1: Welcome back to Forum. I'm Alexis Madrigal. Now time for something totally different. There's no better time than now to head out for a picnic. Few weather impediments here in the Bay Area. And if the pandemic taught us anything, it's that enjoying life outdoors is a good way to go. So whether you're just having a sunset cocktail or mocktail or going full-on three-course meal, uh, we want to talk to you about how to picnic in style. And we'd like your tips. What's your go-to picnic recipe? What are your favorite Bay Area spots to bring the family or friends for an alfresco meal? So give us a call now, 866-733-6786. That's 866-733-6786. You can also get in touch on Twitter and Facebook. We're at KQD Forum, or you can email your questions to Forum at KQED.org. And of course, we are bringing you an expert on this topic as well. We'd like to welcome San Francisco Chronicle restaurant critic Soleil Ho to the show. Welcome.
2: Hi, thanks for having me.
1: So tell us, if you were to be going on a picnic on this absolutely sparklingly beautiful day here in the Bay Area, um, what's what would be your, your number one
2: pick? <laughs> My number one pick would be going up to Bodega Bay Um, getting a bunch of oysters or like an oyster sandwich or a crab sandwich even, um, and just sitting on a cliff and looking at the water, which is a little scary, but that's how I like my picnics.
1: (laughs) A little scary, but not because of the bad mayonnaise, but because of where you're sitting. Got it.
2: Yeah. Um, So
1: we know that, you know, restaurants have had a somewhat complicated time during the pandemic, to to say the least, but it means that there's, an almost unbelievable amount of takeout food now available. Um, so maybe walk us through a few of those options, maybe some sort of more conventional picnic foods and then other kinds of foods that maybe you wouldn't think of in a picnic, but that makes sense to bring along.
2: Oh, totally. I mean, everyone has been doing sandwiches in the past like year and a half. Um, and at the same time, I think like one thing that's really fun and like exciting is like the, the long sandwich, the submarine sandwich, because it's so easy to carry with you. You know, it's, it's like a yoga bag. it just like fit into everything. So I love Palm City Wines, for instance, which is doing hoagies in the Sunset District. Um, there are lots of banh mi places in San Jose, for instance. Um, last time I went camping in Alum Rock Park, I bought a bunch of bun mi from Dukung, this uh, chain down there, wonderful. Um, a little scary, because there are a lot of feral hogs in the area. <laughs> I think they were jealous of the sandwich. They could smell it. Yeah. Yeah. They were like, you're eating my brother. Um, but you know, I think that was that was a really delightful thing to do in North. Beach- Wait, hold on.
1: What's the longest sandwich you've brought along on a picnic? Is there <laughs> <laughs> is there like a limit? Like three feet long, it's like too much for a picnic.
2: Oh, that's way too much for a picnic. But I think what beats out the sandwiches are probably the burritos. Oh, <laughs> right, yeah. You know, there are a lot of like really ambitious burritos. Those are spots. measured by weight,
1: though, not length. I feel like yeah, it's <laughs> like, more than three pounds, and then it's like too much. Yeah,
2: it's about the girth for sure. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, go ahead. You were you were going on though. Continue.
2: Yeah. Well, in North Beach, um, like Washington Square Park, for instance, there's this really wonderful new. Um, empanada window called Little Red Window, which is part of a more like a bigger tapas restaurant. But they have these lovely little boxes of empanadas that you can get and bring to the park. And it's so nice. You know, I just there's something really idyllic about it. And like you you always want to finger food when you're picnicking. You don't want like a fork and knife thing unless you're really bougie. So like that's perfect for me.
1: We're talking about all things picnic, the food, the tableware, the setting with San Francisco Chronicle restaurant critic Solejo. Uh, give us a call. We're at 866-733-6786. That's 866-733-6786. And you can get in touch on Twitter and Facebook at KQED Forum. Let's bring in uh, Laura from Kensington. What's your favorite place to uh, go on a picnic? Hey,
0: Alexis. Hey, um, Laura. I wanted, to, I wanted to recommend a place in the Oakland Hills that's particularly great uh, for young families. It's Roberts Park. And you can barbecue there. You can just bring a a non-bougie picnic, (laughs) so to speak. They also have uh, a public pool and this massive, insanely great play structure for kids. And for Bay Area parents looking for a place to take their kids where it's not just all white people picnicking, very, very diverse. There are great walking trails. It's also walking distance from Chabot Space and Science Center. So just want to plug it.
1: Hey, Laura, right. what's the worst thing you've seen someone bring to a picnic?
0: <laughs> well, I'm a caterer, so I've seen oh. <laughs> some stuff, if I dare say. Um, you know, for me, I don't know that there is necessarily a worse thing. We get a chance to take our childhood ya-ya's out on a picnic. You know, I, I make some macaroni salad when I picnic, that I sure as heck wouldn't sell, necessarily. It's a childhood <laughs> Because it's thing embarrassing to sell to macaroni
1: have... salad or because it doesn't taste good?
0: No. <laughs> oh, it tastes absolutely delicious. But, you know, to quote the bougie side again, the notion that I'm going to do something with elbow macaroni and a ton of mayonnaise um, and, you know, have that be my favorite thing at a picnic. <laughs> um, anyway, yeah. Thank so you, Laura.
1: Yeah. So like, what, what do you, if you were going to make something to bring... So you're you're gonna take off your restaurant critic hat, put on your chef hat here. Um, what what would you uh, what would you make?
0: Oh gosh. Yeah, um, I, I just squeeze.
1: Oh. oh sorry, Laura, I was gonna ask Soleil, but you can you can tell us too.
0: Yeah, yeah, you go oh, first. I'm sorry. No, no, no. No, I'm good. Okay. Hey, I'll, I'll, I'll head off
1: here. Thanks for <laughs> the right. hey.
2: <laughs> um I think what I would do is probably mm, I would make bread. And just bring a bunch of random cheeses and, you know, jams and stuff and fruits. Um, Yeah, you know, something light, something like, but with a little bit of interaction. But I did want to tell you, um, the worst thing I've ever brought to a picnic, actually, was a frying setup to make fried catfish. Oh, my God. Um, And it was extremely windy. And it was like, it it was not cute. Wait.
1: So, did you bring like a portable generator? Like, how are you doing the frying setup? <laughs> you like,
2: well, you know, um, you have all kinds of like um, portable stovetops that you can bring camping, and then I brought like the pot and the oil, and it was just, yeah, it was horrible.
1: And were all your friends just like, all right, so like trying to show us up here? You know, we brought hot dogs, and you brought a portable <laughs> frying setup.
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, the oil, you know. Oil gets splattery even in your own kitchen, but when the wind is a factor, it's hell on earth.
1: Oh, my gosh. Um, you know, you've also written recently about sort of ways to get out of the city and that, you know, the the underrated smaller cities outside of San Francisco. So if someone wanted to go on a little day trip, um, where's a spot you might recommend that they go?
2: Oh my gosh. Um, Castro Valley. I wrote about Castro Valley in a recent newsletter and I just fell in love. There's so many great food spots out there. Um, the only thing is that uh, it's a little challenging to get around once you get off the BART uh, station there. So you might have to drive unfortunately, but um, I've, I've taken BART there several times and it's great. But there's a really amazing pop-up there at Doucette Saloon called Hermanos Verdes. They do really baller tacos and they make the corn tortillas themselves and their pork chili verde is just ridiculous. Um, and then there's a newer Vietnamese spot that does like street food and more like esoteric Vietnamese food called Fall um, Auntie 7. And there's this lovely empanada spot called Pampas that I just enjoy. And you can take the frozen ones home too, and, or just take them on a picnic.
1: Oh, right. Yeah, exactly. You know, I think if I had to to pick a spot that's sort of underrated in the Bay Area. I would say that, like, the Northeast Bay. I'm not even sure how you describe the area around Martinez. Um, but I, I think Martinez, Crockett, all of those areas seem to have, like, these little wonderful pockets of things, whether it's, like, Port Costa uh, or just, like, the, the parks of Martinez or, or Crockett and, you know, people fishing along the, along the bay. It definitely seems like one of those places that just has, um, has more to offer than people think.
2: Right. Yeah. Oh, and Crockett has a really great, speaking of picnics, they have a really great sandwich shop called Lucia's that um, I really recommend. Yeah, that's
1: cool. Um, A listener writes in, this is on the favorite spots, um, that their favorite spot to have a picnic is the Mountain View Cemetery. Uh, That's in the, the Oakland Hills. Unbeatable views and a reminder to make the most of the time we have. And I have to ask you, Soleil, how do you feel about picnicking in a cemetery?
2: Oh, I think it's amazing. People used to do it all the time, right? Um, and they would visit their families, uh, keep them company. In Vietnam, it's pretty common to to inter um, family members like closer to home or like in rice fields because you kind of believe that they might get lonely. You want to keep them, you know, just remember them in a physical way. So, like, that's that's great. I love that.
1: Yeah. Um, uh, another listener tweets, my family would buy fabulous submarine sandwiches in Laurel village in SF and go picnicking in golden gate park. That's, that's probably that combo of things. That's like kind of a, the classic basically. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, what is, uh, the strangest spot that you've ever picnicked in? (laughs) So
2: besides a cemetery, which I have done before, (laughs) um, Oh, I'm trying to think. I've done a lot of like cliff picnicking, which I think is the strangest for most people. Um, just because, you know, bringing the food that like won't go bad as you're backpacking up to a cliff and then like hopefully getting food that won't blow away in the wind, like salad, you don't want that. Um, having to plan ahead is is a really funny part of the whole endeavor.
1: Yeah, I think like for me, um, if anyone's been to the Ohlone wilderness, uh, regional wilderness, uh, it's a 10-mile hike up to Rose Peak, but then you can see everything from San Jose to the Delta. It's absolutely astonishing, and you just find a little piece of serpentine, and you're so hungry after those 10 miles. Everything tastes amazing. Like, it's the greatest <laughs> food you can possibly have. Um, I think I is the only time that I've ever brought spam with me, and even the spam was delicious. Um, <laughs> Um, I want to ask you about restaurants. Um, you recently wrote about restaurants that are offering more and more sort of picnic provisions um, as a result, may, maybe of the pandemic, maybe just because that's sort of the the style of food. What what do you make of it?
2: Oh, you know, I think it makes sense. Um, restaurants from as we've kind of seen the way restrictions are, are, are being floated again and things are kind of in multiple directions, as far as where we're going with the pandemic, it makes sense to diversify how you're going to be doing your service, right? Like a lot of places might not ever go back to focusing fully on in-person, in indoor dining, um, just because the future is so uncertain. So I think it's a smart move. I think it's also awesome because it makes food accessible to more people, um, you know, who can't get reservations or who can't afford the whole like prefix menu or whatever. You can just get like a sandwich or, or the chicken or or a salad and take it to go and just try, you know, a little bit of what they have.
1: Yeah. You know, sticking with sort of changes uh, induced by the pandemic to the restaurant scene, you know, you wrote about sort of what happened with restaurant reviewers. Um, you know, we knew all these restaurateurs were having a very difficult time. And so there was kind of a, a pause, would you say, on sort of negative reviews?
2: Yeah, for sure. Although one did just publish yesterday, I think, on Eater of um, of a Momofuku restaurant, which is very exciting uh, for those in the industry. And and do you think
1: that was a good thing to do?
2: I think there's a way to do it that's fair, right? Because I think still um, restaurants aren't the only ones that are suffering. There's also a lot of people out there who want still want to like sp- spend their money in a really like um smart way and they trust us to help them like figure out like okay if they are saving up for their anniversary or you know a really really special night out like where can they get the best sort of experience right and not feel like they've wasted their money which is even more precious now um i think like as long as a restaurant is like charging money for goods and services you know <laughs> it's not a charity um I think there's still a lot that we can talk about, but not necessarily in a really like vicious way or a malicious way or a way that like, doesn't acknowledge the, you know, the difficulties of the now, um, I, you know, the, the, the metaphor that I like to use is you, you want to tell your friend there is spinach in their teeth right like <laughs> it helps you it helps them it's just like um a good way to like to think about respect and think about how you want them to to be in the world um
1: it did always seem to me though that sometimes the negative restaurant review was sort of uh, it was a performance right i mean it, it, when a restaurant particularly from a celebrity chef was bad it was like you know you would put on your extra special writer hat and just go to town <laughs> on that place and that always sort of struck me as like less a service and more of a, uh, you know, a, a kind of a way of coming up for early restaurant critics.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, even, <laughs> even in times when I've, I I've thought that I was like being myself and being like super nice in less than stellar reviews, like people would still see it as a beat down. And <laughs> that gave me a lot of existential um, questions. Well, like you were like, am I mean, too.
1: am I secretly just super mean? Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs>
1: Um, we're talking about all things picnic, the food, the tableware, and the setting with San Francisco Chronicle restaurant critic, Solejo. What's your go-to picnic recipe or food type, and what are your favorite spots to go to bring the family or friends? You can give us a call, 866-733-6786, 866-733-6786, or you can get in touch on Twitter and Facebook. We actually have a recommendation from Bill. Uh, he would like to recommend the Sonoma Valley botanical garden in glen ellen have you ever been there
2: Ooh, no but i want you now i I
1: haven't either says a beautiful hiking trail with the occasional picnic table affording great views so like um do you have a foggy day it's not foggy today obviously it's beautiful (laughs) but do you have a foggy day picnic uh location suggestion
2: oh my gosh um I mean, sort of like what you were saying before, any sort of mountaintop, and there's so many <laughs> around here that are accessible, like in San Jose, for instance, just going up on top of a mountain and seeing the fog, right? And seeing seeing it, just going above it, I think is so fun and just so beautiful. Yeah.
1: A listener writes, um, 1994, Labor Day. I wanted to have a picnic with my girlfriend. We got in a huge fight and still had the picnic, and it finally got better when I asked her to marry me, and the rest, they say, is history. That was at Shannon Park in Dublin, California. The tree that I popped the question under is still there, and we brought our daughter there, too.
2: Oh, my God.
1: That is a very, very nice story. Um, last suggestions. Give us your last two must-try picnic provision restaurant picks.
2: Ooh, okay. So for me, it would be Room Jingjing in El Cerrito. Um, and of course, there's so many like beautiful parks in that area. And in the like Point Richmond area, Rung Jing Jing is a Thai grocery store. But on the weekends, they bring in like tons of prepared food and like Thai street snacks and like all kinds of stuff that you can pick up and take. Um,
1: I'm literally taking notes right now. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's awesome. And then in, um, I want to say in the North Bay, there's a place called Grossman's Noshery and Bar that does like sort of the New York Jewish deli stuff. Um, you can get knishes, latkes, chopped liver, but their takeout menu also does like a sort of Jewish deli charcuterie uh, setup that's super, super fun to take. Oh, that's awesome.
1: We've been talking about picnicking with San Francisco Chronicle restaurant critic Solejo. Thank you so much for coming on the show.
2: Thank you. Yeah.
1: Forum is produced by Tina Lauberg, Ariana Prail, Blanca Torres, Grace Wan, and Caroline Smith. Susan Britton is lead producer for the 10 o'clock hour. Our acting senior editor is Judy Campbell. Our engineers are Danny Bringer, Katie McMurrin, and Brendan Willard. Our interns are Kimia Akbari and Jennifer Ng. Our executive editor is Ethan toven Lindsay, and our chief content officer is the fabulous Holly Kernan. You've been listening to Forum. I'm Alexis Madrigal. Stay tuned for another hour of Forum Ahead with Mina Kim.